Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Y'all never mind me. Hey, everybody. I was thinking about poverty today, and I was thinking about, more specifically about poverty, the mindset of poverty. And I was thinking about how even if you're no longer in a position where you are poor or where you are in a condition that um, you can't bring yourself out of financially so much so that it begins to affect affect you um, psychologically and even uh, physically and emotionally, that you can still have a mind state of poverty. And I was thinking about that even the past past month kind of past couple weeks at least i've been reading a book the war on normal people by andrew yang and what was interesting in the book is that he talked about amongst a bunch of other things he talked about the uh a mentality of scarcity and a mentality of abundance and one um, example he used that was very, very uh, poignant to me was he was talking about he gave two groups of people uh, or not he he gave. He talked about a study that took two groups of people, ones that were um, below and above the poverty line. Uh, so we'll say people that had uh, a scarcity mentality, those were below the poverty line and those who had um a mentality of abundance. Those were far above the poverty line, like wealthy people, not just above the line. So, uh, and he said they, they took a test and, you know, the, the results of the test were pretty similar. People had the same, you know, uh, scores on the test. Nobody scored, you know, astronomically above the, above the bar or, you know, so far below the bar that it was, um, something that you could say, well, you know, they're smarter than the other one. So, uh, as far as intellectually, they function the same, but he wanted to see if, um, if there was a, a, a higher tax than just, um, the financial one on the people. So what they did in the study was they told the people to imagine, well, they took the test the first time, then they took it a second time. And on that second time, they told the people to imagine that you just got a a car, like a car repair bill. Something's wrong with your car, and it's going to cost you upwards of $3,000, and you need to have that by the end of the day or, you know, within the weekend. And the people that were in a mindset of abundance still scored roughly where they had been, even with the information that they were told to imagine. They scored still within the same parameters of what they had scored on the first test. And the second people that took the test, they scored, I think he said, up to 13 or better percent lower just by having that new piece of information on their minds. And the study was arguing that even even psychologically, not even, you know, having the money, just that, that stress of knowing that things are coming due that you, you can't do anything about, that you can't pay for them, that you can't, you can't look to any other person to help you out with that. 
you can't take out a loan. Just being in that position of poverty is stressful physically and it makes you perform different. It's stressful physically, stressful emotionally, and it makes you perform poorer academically. So it was a study kind of to point to the, I guess, the differences even in your school life. So not only is it a difference in your personal life, where you live and how you uh, how you operate, but even academically, that emotional stress can lead to deficiencies in other areas of your life. And I thought about that when thinking about what is what is the mindset of poverty and the mindset of poverty? I, I guess I equated that after, you know, after hearing that study and just paying attention to paying attention to it my whole life. Uh, the mindset of poverty is a mindset of scarcity. You find yourself always in survival mode. You find yourself in a position where you you are always cognizant of what you cannot do and what you do not have to make make ends meet. And it is a stressor. It's a stressor, uh, especially if you compound that with having a spouse or having children and a spouse. It's a it's a stressor that is compounded exponentially, because I think that if you're if you're poor and you're alone, it you can kind of navigate it better because, you know, as my grandmother still says, if uh, you live alone and you have a sandwich, you fed your whole family. But if you have a family and you can't take care of them and it's not, you know, I think the people that get them the most the people that make the most noise in talking about poverty are the people that say, well, just, you know, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps and, you know, go to work and stop being lazy. And then they'll misquote a Bible verse and say, a man that don't work, don't eat, quote it out of context. And I think that's it's it's very ignorant and it does more damage than it does good. It does far more damage than it does good. It's a, a reverse empathy. Because you don't add anything to me. You you can recognize my position, but instead of helping me, you ridicule me and push me down lower to make yourself feel better. And I don't think that that's, that's the answer. Well, I, I don't have to say think. I know that's not the answer. Because it's a nuanced thing. If if I were a hardworking, by all, all, uh, all accounts, person, and circumstances were to happen, they say that in, in the U.S. and... A lot of the a lot of other developed countries that a lot of people are at least at most rather a month away. Like if you were to take away a month of their paychecks from being in poverty themselves, and that's not just a couple people; it's a, a gross majority. And I imagine that if you even increase that time frame before you got to a year, a good portion of people would be in poverty. If you took away, you know, six months of their income. Um, a lot of people don't have six months of money saved up and it doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them ignorant. It doesn't make them lazy. It doesn't make them stupid. It's, it's, a a problem with the system. And that's kind of what Andrew Yang was kind of alluding to in his book. And I thought about that because in, in, in a, a mindset, a mind state of poverty. And I was also reading a book called Evicted. This uh, this past like past week and a half, and it was talking about um, 
it was talking about the city I live in now, Milwaukee, and it was talking specifically about that, but it wasn't saying that Milwaukee was any different from any other city because he had studies from lots of other Midwest cities and, you know, East Coast and West Coast cities, and it was pretty much all the same. And what kind of resonated with me with the book Evicted was also that same mentality of scarcity and how it was not just just that mentality mentality that was affecting the people. It was also things that were put in place. Uh, some of the social services were kind of kind of a catch 22, because in order to get funds for certain things, you had to have um, certain amount of hours that you 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 could work and you can only make certain amount of money because if you cross the threshold in terms of working more hours, then they could that could jeopardize your benefits, which you need, because I and I remember a lot of uh, just hearing a lot of stories about people who who didn't want to go to work a different job, even though the job that they were working, they didn't like and it didn't pay enough money because the job that they were working kept them within the range that they could still have their child care and child care being so expensive. If they were to get a different job, even though that job would pay more money, they would be making they would be bringing home less money because once you factor in the child care and not having that that uh, stipend from the government, they couldn't afford to make ends meet. And in the book Evicted, they were always they talked about uh, how they were talking specifically about in um, in this city, how the people for the first couple months of the year, January, February, March, would always um, kind of catch up on things with their tax money. But then maybe four or five months into it, they would have to make that choice of do I pay my rent or do I pay my utilities? Because a lot of times during during the time of the winter, at least here in Wisconsin, there's a moratorium on turning off your utilities because it gets so cold that the utility company here will keep on your lights and your gas, even if you don't make a payment until April. And I think that moratorium is from, I want to say, December to like April. And during that time, a lot of people just won't pay their bill, not because they're being uh, lazy or not because they're being selfish or ir- irresponsible. It's because they use that money to pay, pay back the rent, which in a lot of cases, and even in the stories that were read, uh, the suggested amount of your rent should be about 30% of your, your monthly income. But the people that were in, in the stories that I read in Evicted and I imagine around, around the nation were paying upwards of, um, 50 to 70, I think one lady had 78% of her monthly income going just to her rent. So when you're in that position and you feel like you can't do anything, it's a, it's a poverty becomes like a prison, like a cell for you because financially you couldn't get out if you wanted to. And if you wanted to make more money or you try to do something to make more money, now you jeopardize your childcare and your healthcare. If you take more if you get a different job that doesn't have healthcare, now you jeopardize your health care. And if you have children again or a spouse, that compounds all that. So I was just thinking about just poverty in general and how how insidious it can be and how even even after you come out of that, you, you become an adult. And if you've grown up under that uh, for generations, your mindset is kind of different. You don't go to certain stores because you feel like, oh, that's way too expensive. 
even though you make more than enough money, you just haven't evaluated. You just put this label on the store because it was too expensive for your grandmother or your mother or your father. So when you become an adult, you think, oh, it's still too expensive, not realizing that you could afford it. If you, you know, if your if your budget allowed it, you could afford it. And even the types of uh, the types of cars that you drive, the clothes that you wear. And I think the adverse of that, and it's still a byproduct of that poverty, is a lot of people when they become adults, they overindulge. Like I, I know a lot of people when I was growing up, uh, friends and stuff, you would go over to their house and their parents would have like a crazy amount of like food. Usually, usually food is the one I saw most, but like like tons until like 19 boxes of cereal and 51 boxes of, you know, staples, beans and canned goods and just a ridiculous amount of surplus stuff that they would have. And it's usually because they they never wanted to be hungry because they were hungry as a kid. Or a lot of times you'll see a lot of older people with tons and tons of clothes, like closets and closets and rows and rows of clothes, pants, shoes, jackets, shirts, dresses, all of that. Just tons and tons of stuff. And you're like, man, why are why are they doing it? Because, again, they, they may have went through a time where they were uh, insecure or had a scarcity about their clothing growing up. So the adverse of that is that when you become an adult, you over, you know, you overextend and you buy clothes. And I think it's a it's a balanced thing, but it's unfortunate that when talking about poverty, that we can't we can't we can't get a we can't get a consensus to allow people to help other people and realize that we all need help. We all need a hand. We all need every single one of us. We need a hand. And a lot of people that are well off, usually they had a hand from someone up, someone in their family line, someone that could tell them, someone that can give them either financial uh, advice or information or just cash. They could give them money to get them out of a lot of troubles, whereas people in poverty don't have that access. And it's not that they've burned bridges or done anything poorly. It's just years and years of not having that information being passed down. So I was just thinking about that today, and I I know it's a a much, much, much bigger topic and a a very nuanced one as well. But I think that um, I think that we should really consider as I I like to think we can we should consider changing our worlds and changing our world begins with just the people that are around you. So if you can help people, I strongly encourage you to be selfless and to pick one person just to help out and not expect a thing back in return, because I think that that helps to build our world better. It helps us to become better individuals. And even if it doesn't come back to you, I believe that it's rewarded. You can say, uh, God will reward you if you believe in God, or you can say the universe if you believe in the universe, uh, if you believe in you know the universe helping you out. Whatever you believe in, I think that it's a great step to to be kind to your fellow man and your fellow woman, even if they can't be kind to you or offer you absolutely anything in return. All right, so that's my thoughts for today.